1: Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts.
0: Hi, my name's Otis Gray, and you're listening to Sleepy. A podcast where I read old books to help you get to sleep. It is almost Christmas time, so I have a wonderfully Christmassy uh, reading for you tonight by one of our favorite authors. But before we get to the story, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash sleepy and start living a happier life today it's always been easy for me to dwell on problems instead of solutions, especially around the holidays when uh, you have the stress of seeing family and work being messed up. And, you know, when I would hit the pillow at night in the past, I would just start commiserating and catastrophizing without really thinking about solutions to those problems. It made me very restless, and I know now it's because I just didn't have the tools to deal with it. But after years of therapy, I feel that I know how to change my mindset and solve problems rather than letting them torment me. And the relief of that has totally changed my life and all of it was only possible through going to therapy. Well, BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. It's convenient, it's affordable, and it works. So when you want to become a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com sleepy today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash sleepy. Be nice to your brain. It deserves it, and so do you. I'll put a link for this discount in the details of the show and now this is usually where I thank all of our brand new patrons on Patreon but as I'm recording this a little bit ahead of time while I'm on vacation um, I'll be reading all of our new patrons when I get back and in the meantime thanking all of the patrons that exist right now so so much for being a part of making this show it really, really means a lot. And if you're not a patron and you want to be a part of making this show, go to patreon.com slash sleepy radio and donate even a dollar a month. It goes a really long way. At $5 a month, you get access to this, uh, special poetry feed with over 50 extra episodes that you've never heard just for donating $5 a month and, uh, New episodes will be sent to you every month. Regardless, even if you give a dollar, I will read your name in the opening credits of the next show after you do. So again, if you would like to be a part of making the show, maybe give a friend a Christmas shout-out on the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash sleepy radio. Thank you. And as always, the music you're hearing is by my good friend James Lubkowski and the cover up for Sleepy is by Gracie Kana I have a couple of weeks until Christmas I really hope uh, y'all are in the Christmas spirit and maybe if you're not as much then I hope these readings help you get there Tonight I have a, uh, a great little Christmas story by an author I've been reading a lot on the show recently because I've really just been loving her writing for this time of year. Somehow it just feels like it fits. The uh, author is Louisa May Alcott, who of course wrote Little Women, and tonight I'm going to be reading a Christmassy short story that she wrote called What the Bell Saw and Said. And the story itself is about these six um, bell spirits gathering on Christmas Eve to talk about the people that they overwatch and see um, kind of flitting about beneath them. So it's a, a conversation uh, between these bells and about us as people on Christmas Eve, and the great little story. Uh, it can be a little teeny bit morose at times, but regardless, it's uh, it's a really good one to fall asleep to, as is all writing by Louisa May Alcott. It's really soothing. So, tonight, what the bell saw and said by Louisa May Alka. And now is the time for you to fluff up your pillow just how you like it. Feel yourself melt into your bed. Get real comfortable. Close your eyes and let me read to you. the bell saw and set. Bells ring others to church, but go not in themselves. No one saw the spirits of the bells up there in the old steeple at midnight on Christmas Eve. Six quaint figures, each wrapped in a shadowy cloak and wearing a bell-shaped cap. All were gray-headed, for they were among the oldest bell-spirits of the city, and the light of other day shone in their thoughtful eyes. Silently they sat, looking down on the snow-covered roofs glittering in the moonlight, and the quiet streets deserted by all the watchmen on their chilly rounds, and such poor souls as wandered shelterless in the winter night. Presently one of the spirits said in a tone which low as it was filled the belfry with reverberating echoes. Well brothers, are your reports ready of the year that now lies dying? All bowed their heads and one of the oldest answered in a sonorous voice. My report isn't all I could wish. You know I look down on the commercial part of our city and have fine opportunities for seeing what goes on there. It's my business to watch the businessmen, and upon my word, I'm heartily ashamed of them sometimes. During the war, they did nobly, giving their time and money, their sons and selves to the good cause, and I was proud of them but now too many of them have fallen back into the old ways, and their motto seems to be everyone for himself and the devil take the hindmost. Cheating, lying, and stealing are hard words, and I don't mean to apply them to all who swarm about below there like ants on an anthill. They have other names for these things. But I'm old-fashioned, And use plain words There's a deal Too much dishonesty in the world And business seems to have become A game of hazard In which luck, not labor Wins the prize When I was young Men were years making moderate fortunes And were satisfied by them They built them on sure foundations Knew how to enjoy them While they lived to leave a good name behind them when they died. Now it's anything for money. Hell, happiness, honor, life itself are flung down on that great gaming table and they forget everything else in the excitement of success or the desperation of defeat. Nobody seems satisfied either. For those who win have little time or taste to enjoy their prosperity. And those who lose have little courage or patience to support them in adversity. They don't even fail as they used to. In my day, a merchant found himself embarrassed he didn't ruin others in order to save himself. But honestly confessed the truth, gave up everything, and began again. But nowadays, after all manner of dishonorable shifts There comes a grand crash Many suffer But by some hocus pocus The merchant saves enough to retire upon And live comfortably here or abroad It's very evident That honor and honesty don't mean now What they used to mean in the days of old May Higginson and Lawrence They preach below here and very well too sometimes for I often slide down the row to peep and listen during service. But bless you, they don't seem to lay either sermon, psalm or prayer to heart for all the minister is doing his best. The congregation, tired with the breathless hurry of the week, sleep peacefully, calculate their chances for the morrow or wonder which of their neighbors will lose or win in the great game. Don't tell me. I've seen them do it, and if I dared, I'd have startled every soul of them with a rousing peal. Ah, they don't dream whose eyes on them. They never guess what secrets the telegraph wires tell as the messages fly by. And little know, What a report I give to the winds of heaven As I ring out above them Morning, noon, and night And the old spirit shook his head Till the tassel on his cap jangled Like a little bell There are some, however Whom I love and honor, he said In a benignant tone Who honestly earn their bread who deserve all the success that comes to them and always keep a warm corner in their noble hearts for those less blessed than they. These are men who serve the city in times of peace, save it in times of war, deserve the highest honors in its gift and leave behind them a record that keeps their memories green. For such a one we lately told and now My brothers, and as our united voices pealed over the city, in all grateful hearts, sweeter and more solemn than any chime, rung the words that made him so beloved. Treat our past boys tenderly, and send them home to me. He ceased and all the spirits reverently uncovered their gray heads as a strain of music floated up from the sleeping city and died among the stars. Like yours, my report is not satisfactory in all respects, began the spirit, who wore a very pointed cap and a finely ornamented cloak. But though his dress was fresh and youthful, His face was old, and he had nodded several times during his brother's speech. My greatest affliction during the past year has been the terrible extravagance which prevails. My post, as you know, is at the court end of the city, and I see all the fashionable vices and follies. It is a marvel to me how so many of these immortal creatures... With such opportunities for usefulness, self-improvement, and genuine happiness can be content to go round and round in one narrow circle of unprofitable and unsatisfactory pursuits. I do my best to warn them. Sunday after Sunday I charm in their ears the beautiful old hymns that sweetly chide or cheer the hearts that truly listen and believe. Sunday after Sunday, I look down on them as they pass in, hoping to see that my words have not fallen upon deaf ears. And Sunday after Sunday, they listen to words that should teach them much, yet seem to go by them like the wind. They are told to love their neighbor, yet too many hate him because he possesses more of this world's goods or honors than they They are told that a rich man cannot enter the kingdom of heaven Yet they go on laying up perishable wealth And though often warned that moth and rust will corrupt They fail to believe it Till the worm that destroys enters And mars their own chapel of ease Being a spirit I see below external splendor And find much poverty of heart and soul under the velvet and ermine which should cover rich and royal natures. Our city saints walk abroad in threadbare suits and in their quiet bonnets shine the eyes that make sunshine in shady places. Often as I watch the glittering procession passing to and fro below me, I wonder if, with all our progress, There is today as much real piety as in the times when our fathers, poorly clad, with weapon in one hand and Bible in the other, came weary distances to worship in the wilderness with fervent faith, unquenched by danger, suffering, and solitude. Yet, in spite of my fault finding, I love my children, as I call them, for all are not butterflies. Many find well, no temptation, the forgetfulness of duty, or hardness of heart. Many give freely of their abundance, pity the poor, comfort the afflicted, and make our city loved and honored in other lands as in their own. They have their cares, losses, and heartaches as well as the poor. It isn't all sunshine of them, and they learn, poor souls, that Into each life, some rain must fall. Some days must be dark and dreary, but I have hopes of them, and lately they have had a teacher so genial, so gifted, so well-beloved by all who listen to him. Must be better for the lessons of charity, goodwill, and cheerfulness which he brings home to them by the magic of tears and smiles. We know him, we love him, we always remember him as the year comes round, and the blithest song our brazen tongues utter is a Christmas carol to the father of the chimes. As the spirit spoke, his voice grew cheery, his old face shone, and in a burst of hearty enthusiasm he flung up his cap, and cheered like a boy. So did the others, and as the fairy shout echo through the belfry, a troop of shadowy figures, with faces lovely or grotesque, tragical or gay, sailed by on the wings of the wintry wind, and waved their hands to the spirits of the bells. As the excitement subsided, and the spirits reseated themselves, looking ten years younger for that burst. Another spoke. A venerable brother in a dingy mantle, with a tuneful voice, and eyes that seemed to have grown sad with looking on much misery. He loves poor, the man we've just hurrahed for. Then he makes others love and remember them. Bless him, said the spirit. I hope he'll touch the hearts of those who listen to him here and beguile them to open their hands to my unhappy children over yonder. If I could set some of the forlorn souls in my parish beside the happier creatures who weep over imaginary woes as they are painted by his eloquent lips, that brilliant scene would be better than any sermon. Day or night, I look down on lives as full of sin, self-sacrifice, and suffering as any of those famous books. Day and night, I try to comfort the poor by my cheery voice, and to make their wants known by proclaiming them with all my might. But people seem to be so intent on business. Pleasure or home duties that they have no time to hear and answer my appeal. There's a deal of charity in this good city, and when the people do wake up, they work with a will. But I can't help thinking that if some of the money lavished on luxuries was spent on necessaries for the poor, there would be fewer tragedies like that which ended yesterday. It's a short story, easy to tell, though long and hard to live. Listen to it. Down yonder, in the garret, one of the squalid houses at the foot of my tower, a little girl has lived a year, fighting silently and single-handed, a good fight against poverty and sin. I saw her when she first came A hopeful, cheerful, brave-hearted little soul Alone yet not afraid She used to sit all day sewing at her window And her lamp burnt far into the night For she was very poor And all she earned would barely give her food and shelter I watched her feed the doves who seemed to be her only friends She never forgot them, and daily gave them the few crumbs that fell from her meager table. But there was no kind hand to feed and foster the little human dove, and so she starved. For a while she worked bravely, but the poor three dollars a week would not clothe and feed and warm her though the things her busy fingers made sold for enough to keep her comfortably if she had received it. I saw the pretty color fade from her cheeks. Her eyes grew hollow. Her voice lost its cheery ring. Her step its elasticity. And her face began to wear the haggard, anxious look that made its youth so doubly pathetic. Her poor little gowns grew shabby, her shawl so thin she shivered when the pitiless wind smote her, and her feet were almost bare. Rain and snow beat on the patient little figure going to and fro, each morning with hope and courage faintly shining. Each evening with the shadow of despair gathering darker round her, It was a hard time for all, desperately hard for her, and in her poverty, sin, and pleasure tempted her. She resisted, but as another bitter winter came, she feared that in her misery she might yield. Her body and soul were weakened now by the long struggle. She knew not where to turn for help. There seemed to be no place for her. At any safe and happy fireside Life's hard aspect daunted her And she turned to death Saying confidently Take me while I'm innocent And not afraid to go I saw it all I saw how she sold everything That would bring money And paid her little debts to the utmost penny how she set her poor room in order for the last time. How she tenderly bade the doves goodbye and lay down in her bed. At nine o'clock last night, as my bell rang over the city, I tried to tell what was going on in the garret where the light was dying out so fast. I cried to them with all my strength. Kind souls, below there. A fellow creature is perishing for lack of charity. Oh, help her before it is too late. Mothers, with little daughters on your knees, stretch out your hands and take her in. Happy women, in the safe shelter of home, think of her desolation. Rich men who grind the faces of the poor, remember that this soul will one day be required of you dear Lord let not this little sparrow fall to the ground help Christian men and women in the name of him whose birthday blessed this world ah me I rang and clashed and cried in vain the passers-by only said as they hurried home laden with Christmas cheer. The old bell is merry tonight, as it should be this blithe season. Bless it. As the clock struck ten, the poor child lay down, saying as she drank the last bitter draught life could give her. It's very cold, but soon I shall not feel it and with her quiet eyes fixed on the cross that glimmered in the moonlight above me, she lay waiting for the sleep that needs no lullaby. As the clock struck eleven, pain and poverty for her were over. It was bitter cold, but she no longer felt it. She lay serenely sleeping, with tired, heart and hands at rest forever. As the clock struck twelve, the dear Lord remembered her, and with fatherly hand led her into the home where there is room for all. Today I wrung her now, and though my heart was heavy, yet my soul was glad, for in spite of all her human woe and weakness, I am sure that little girl will keep a joyful Christmas up in heaven. In the silence which the spirits for a moment kept, a breath of softer air than any from the snowy world below swept through the steeple and seemed to whisper, Yes. A vast there, fond as I am of salt water, I don't like this kind, cried the breezy voice of the fourth spirit, who had a tiny ship instead of a tassel on his cap and who wiped his wet eyes with the sleeve of his rough blue cloak. It won't take me long to spin my yarn, for things are pretty taut and ship-shape aboard our craft. Captain Taylor is an experienced sailor and brought many a ship safely into port, despite the wind and the tide and the devil's own whirlpools and hurricanes. If you want to see earnestness, come aboard some Sunday when the captain's on the quarter deck and take an observation. No danger of falling asleep there, no more than there is up aloft when the stormy winds do blow. Consciousness get rigged, and aft. sins are blown clean out of the water. False colors are hauled down and true ones run up to the masthead and many an immortal soul is warned to steer off in time from the pirates, rocks and quicksands of temptation. The irregular revolving light is the captain, a beacon always burning and saying plainly, here are lifeboats ready to put off in all weathers and bring the shipwreck into quiet waters he comes but seldom now being laid up in the home dock, tranquilly waiting till his turn comes to go out with the tide and safely ride at anchor in the great harbor of the Lord our crew varies a good deal some of them have rather rough voyages and come into port pretty well battered Land sharks fall foul of a good many and do a deal of damage. But most of them carry brave and tender hearts under the blue jackets for their rough nurse, the sea, manages to keep something of the child alive in the grayest old tar that makes the world his picture book. We try to supply them with life preservers while at sea and make him feel sure of a hearty welcome when ashore. And I believe the year 67 will sail away into eternity with a satisfactory cargo. Brother Northend made me pipe my eye, so I'll make him laugh to pay for it by telling a clerical joke I heard the other day. Bellows didn't make him, though he might have done so as he's a connection of ours and knows how to use his tongue as well as any of us. Speaking of the bells of a certain town, a reverend gentleman affirmed that each bell uttered an appropriate remark so plainly that the words were audible to all. The Baptist bell cried briskly, Come up and be dipped, come up and be dipped. The Episcopal bell slowly said, Apostolic succession, Apostolic succession. The Orthodox bell solemnly pronounced, Eternal damnation, Eternal damnation. And the Methodist shouted invitingly, Room for all, room for all. As the Spirit imitated the various calls as only a jovial bell sprite could the others gave him a chime of laughter and vowed they would each adopt some tuneful summons which should reach human ears and draw human feet more willingly to church faith brother you've kept your word and got the laugh out of us cried a stout sleek spirit with a kindly face and a row of little saints round his cap and a rosary at his side. It's very well we are doing this year. The cathedral is full, the flock increasing, and the true faith holding its own entirely. You may shake your heads, if you will, and fear there'll be trouble, but I doubt it. We've warm hearts of our own, and the best of us don't forget that when we were starving, America, the saints blessed the jewel, sent us bread, and we were dying for lack of work. America opened her arms and took us in and now helps us to build churches, homes, and schools by giving us a share of the riches all men work for and win. It's a generous nation ye are ER, and a brave one and we showed our gratitude by fighting for ye on the day of trouble, and giving ye our fill, and many other broth of a boy. The land is wide enough for us both, and while we work and fight and grow together, each may learn something from the other. I'm free to confess that your religion looks a bit cold and hard to me even here in the good city where each man may ride his own hobby to death and hoot at his neighbors as much as he will. You seem to keep your piety shut up all the week in your bare white churches only to let it out on Sundays just a trifle musty with disuse. You set your rich, warm and soft to the fore and leave the poor shivering at the door You give your people bare walls to look upon, commonplace music to listen to, dull sermons to put them asleep, and then wonder why they stay away and take no interest when they come. We leave our doors open day and night. Our lamps are always burning, and we may come into our Father's house at any hour. We lay rich and poor and kneel together, all being equal there. With us abroad you'll see prince and peasant side by side, schoolboy and bishop, market woman and noble lady, saint and sinner, praying to the Holy Mary, whose motherly arms are open to high and low. We make our churches inviting with immortal music, pictures by the world's great masters and rites that are splendid symbols of faith we hold. Call it mummery if you like, but let me ask you why so many of your sheep stray into our fold. It's because they miss the warmth, the hearty, the maternal tenderness which all souls love and long for and fail to find in your stern. Puritanical Belief by St. Peter I've seen many a lukewarm worshipper Who for years has nodded into your cushioned pews Wake and glow with something akin to genuine piety While kneeling on the stone pavement Of one of our cathedrals With Raphael's angels before his eyes With strains of magnificent music on his ears And all about him and shapes of power or beauty, the saints and martyrs who have saved the world, and whose presence inspires them to follow their divine example. It's not complaining of ye, I am, but just reminding ye that men are but children after all, and need more tempting to virtue than they do to vice, which last comes easy to them since the fall. Do your best in your own ways to get poor souls into bliss, and good luck to ye. But remember, there's room in the Holy Mother Church after all. When your own priests send ye to the devil, come straight to us, and we'll take ye in. A truly Catholic welcome, Bull and all, said the Sixth spirit who, in spite of his old-fashioned garments, had a youthful face, earnest, fearless eyes, and an energetic voice that woke the echoes with its vigorous tones. I have a hopeful report, brothers, for the reforms of the day are wheeling into rank and marching on. The war isn't over, nor rebelling conquered yet, but the old guard has been up and at him through the year. There has been some hard fighting. Rivers of ink have flowed, and the Washington doddlers have signalized themselves by a masterly inactivity. The political campaign has been an anxious one. Some of the leaders have deserted. Some been mustered out. Some have fallen gallantly, and as yet have received no monuments. But at the grand review, the cross of the Legion of Honor will surely shine on many brave breasts that won no decoration, but its virtue here, for the world's fanatics make heaven heroes, poets say. The flock of nightingales that flew south during the winter of our discontent are all at home again, some here and some in heaven. But the music of their womanly heroism still lingers in the nation's memory and makes a tender minor chord in the battle hymn of freedom. The reform in literature isn't as vigorous as I could wish, but a sharp attack of mental and moral dyspepsia will soon teach our people that French confectionery and the bad pastry of wood, Brackton, Yates and Company, is not the best diet for the rising generation. Speaking of the rising generation reminds me of the schools. They are doing well. They always are, and we are justly proud of them. There might be a slight tendency toward placing too much value upon book learning, too little upon home culture. Our girls are acknowledged to be uncommonly pretty, witty, and wise, but some of us wish they had more health and less excitement, more domestic accomplishments, and fewer ologies and isms, and were contented with the pleasures and the old fashioned virtues. And not quite so fond of the fast, frivolous life that makes them old so soon. If you're awake and listening to this, this part is nonsense, says Otis, the narrator. I am fond of our girls and boys. I love to ring for their christenings and marriages, to toll proudly for the brave lads in blue, and tenderly for the innocent creatures whose seats are empty under my old roof. I want to see them anxious to make young America a model of virtue, strength, and beauty, and I believe they will in time. There have been some important revivals in religion, for the word won't stand still, and we must keep pace or be left behind to fossilize a free nation must have a religion broad enough to embrace all mankind, deep enough to fathom and fill the human soul, high enough to reach the source of all love and wisdom, and pure enough to satisfy the wisest and the best. Alarm bells have been rung, anathema is pronounced, and Christians, forgetful of their creed, have abused one another heartily. But the truth always triumphs in the end And whoever sincerely believes Works and waits for it By whatever name he calls it Will surely find his own faith Blessed to him in proportion To his charity For the faith of others But look The first red streaks of dawn Are in the east Our vigil is over then we must fly home to welcome in the holidays. Before we part, join with me, brothers, in resolving that through the coming year we will, with all our hearts and tongues, ring out the old, ring in the new, ring out the false, ring in the true, ring in the valiant man and free, ring in the Christ that is to be. Then hand in hand, the spirits of the bells floated away, singing in the hush of dawn that sweet song the stars sung over Bethlehem. Peace on earth, good will to man.